This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Europa League semi-final preview, Manchester United against Roma. Arsenal visit Villarreal in the first leg. We have James Bench, Jimmy Conrad, Kego Lasso. Europa League semi-finals begins right now. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kego Lasso, our Europa League semi-final preview. Ooh, baby, I love it. Jimmy Conrad, how are you, my friend? I'm great, and I want to give a warm welcome, a virtual embrace, that is, to all the new listeners of the K. Galasso podcast. We love having you here, and if you guys have been here since the very beginning, you're the OG followers of the K. Galasso family. We appreciate you as well. Thank you for joining us. I love it. The OG of the QG. That, that's what it's <laughs> And listen, by the way, I'm really glad you said that, Jimmy, because this is a really, we just keep growing. This pod keeps growing and it's because of you. So I thank you so much uh, and, and spread the word. Hey, James Bench, how are you, my friend? I would like to put on record that I only appreciate the OG listeners. You <laughs> listening to this, where have you been? I want a, a full year's service before I start treating you with any respect. No, that, that, you know what? That's a valid point. If you started listening just because of Super League chatter, shame on you. We've been giving you so much more. It's, we had Tyrone Henry on the show for crying out loud. Come I on. was going to say they should go back and listen to everything they missed, but I don't think they'd ever catch up with us. <laughs> no, not a chance. They're, they're probably still going on about Fabrizio Romano, to be honest with you. Anyway, uh, what's up, everybody? Welcome Europa League semi-final preview. Some real tasty games. Uh, we want to begin, though, with... Well, we'll begin with Arsenal. It's, it's rightly so to begin with Arsenal because there's a few things that have been going on since the Super League chatter. James Bench, before we begin on the preview and updates on the squad and Jimmy drops in on lines and his analysis on the Gunners against Villarreal, I wanted to just touch a little bit on Daniel Ek, the CEO uh, of Spotify, making a lot of noise right now. Uh, and as of recently, went on CNBC speaking some things about Arsenal takeover. Can you update us, please? Yeah, one normal day of Arsenal. This is all I ask for. <laughs> Will never happen. Uh, so the latest, as we stand, as we record this, Daniel Ek has spoken on CNBC just after Spotify announced its results. Um, and despite being on there to talk about Spotify results, mostly spoke about his mooted two, two and a half billion dollar takeover bid for Arsenal, which hasn't been submitted yet. But the current owners, the Cronkies, have been very clear that they're not in the mood for negotiation. Ek was speaking after a statement from the Cronkies. Um, and maybe I can shed a bit more light on that afterwards, but Ek, really clear. It's not over yet. He's hit, he's in for the long haul. Notably, he said he secured the funds to make this bid. So <clears throat> there are questions about where the money comes from. He's worth around 4.5 billion, but most of that's tied up in Spotify shares. The founder of Spotify is not really someone that's going to look to sell his holding in a huge uh, tech company. And he says he's found um, funding 
I, I, I still need, I think Arsenal fans should be asking for answers about, you know, where else is the money coming from as well as X significant personal fortune. Um, but I mean, it really worth reaffirming, reaffirming time and time again, you know, the Cronkies don't sell sports teams. They have a lot of them. Uh, they've said publicly they are not willing to sell on more than one occasion. Um, and they've also said to Mikel Arteta, look, we're backing you financially in this window. Arsenal are going to look to sell players that they will get a lot of money for, or hope to get a lot of money for. You know, young English players like Maitland-Niles, Willock might be available, and Getia. Each of those will f- fetch a good price. I think they think they can be quite aggressive in the transfer market this this summer. So, I mean, what I'd say is this is not a story that's going to go away anytime soon because Eck is insistent that the fact that the Cronkies are saying it's not on doesn't mean anything. Yeah, and I, you know, I hear the partnerships that he's creating apparently with Thierry Henry, Dennis Bergkamp, Arsenal legends, which makes it interesting. I'm imagining, as you also said, that maybe this is venture capitalist money that might be helping. I just, I, I'm very wary. I'm also wary, Jimmy. When he was talking about this, he was saying, "I've been a fan since I was eight years old. I breathe and eat, consume Arsenal. I love them. I've never read a tweet from him." about Arsenal. I don't even think he he follows them. I know it's not that major deal, but you know, it's a little bit weird. Don't you think, Jimmy? What do you make of it? I just feel like there's a new trend emerging. We saw oil money come into the game and now we're seeing music money come into the game. So I really just want to throw out Apple Music. If you want to get involved and compete with Spotify again and some more other space in the world, why not my Newcastle, right? We're struggling right now. We can get former, former players involved. Alan Shearer can be a part owner, whatever. Come save us. Apple Music, please, somebody. Pand- I'll even take Pandora. Nobody even listens to Pandora because of the commercials, but I'll even take the CEO of Pandora, the founder of Pandora, to get in there and buy Newcastle. That probably sounds a little bit better than Apple Music. So it's, it's, it's interesting. To your point about him not tweeting about, on it, about social media, yeah, you're right. If he's a diehard Arsenal fan, they, they love nothing more than to go complain on social media. I love you guys out there. I know you're like, oh, here he goes. But But – it is interesting that he hasn't really put anything out there. That said, yeah, if you love a club, you love a club. And when you have time for it, you have time for it, I suppose. And now he has time for it because he wants to own it and be the guy that helps save Arsenal and put him back up on the pedestal where he feels they belong. I love his energy. I think it's going to force Kroenke's to do something, right? So even if, you know, the money from Spotify or is a little, we don't really know where it's coming from yet. We don't know his personal finances. It's putting a lot of pressure on Kroenke's to do something. You know, you have somebody that wants your team. If, if you don't want it, then sell it. But if you do want it, then do something with it. And so that's a really uh, a good thing, ultimately. That's one. Secondly, as a former player, when you hear chatter from the fans, the, the constant chatter from the fans about, oh, if we just had new signings, when you're on that team and all you hear from the fans is we just need new signings, you don't really feel that great about yourself. You're like, well, I that's guess- That's a good I, point. I guess I'm, I guess I'm not good enough. I guess I'm not, you know, we're not, we're not where we need to be. And of course, you know, one or two signings can help solidify a lot of things. We know that, but there is that kind of undercurrent that doesn't get talked about a lot from a player perspective of the fans actually don't believe in us because all they do is bitch about needing more signings. Yeah. Well, Manny actually said that uh, the other day uh, at Arsenal. He just said, no one supports me. Um, and he's, he's, he's a great example of a player that like, you know, everyone knows he's a bit limited. He's not a, Premier League winning midfielder, um, obviously. But it is that it's a strange thing of like, I think particularly this year, at, at some of the big clubs, fans haven't really, because they haven't been in the ground, obviously, but there hasn't really been a, a huge groundswell of support. 
there's been a lot of criticism and not a huge amount of support online. I think this, without the fans in the stadium, it must be such a hard atmosphere to try and work and try and be successful in and try and not make the stupid mistakes that you have been making. Yeah. <laughs> No, absolutely. And by the way, I just want to end it with this because we do have games to talk about. You know, like you said, Cronky's not selling. I'm just telling you this right now. He he would like, it's not, a, he's like James Dolan and the Knicks. It's not happening. It's just not happening. So, you know, but like Jimmy said as well, this is probably not going away. But anyway, let's talk about games here. Arsenal is in the semifinals of the Europa League, one game away from the final. Uh, the last time they were there, Unai Emery took them there. And that's exactly who they're facing. They're traveling to Villarreal in the first leg. We have some good news from a squad perspective, James Bench. What's the latest? It's stunning. Unbelievable. Like genuinely. So in Mikel Arteta's press conference, he was asked, will David Luiz be available? Will Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang suffering from malaria? Like, will he be available? And they said, yeah, they'll all, they're all available. Including <laughs> and yeah, and I, I, genuinely, you know, th these things are live. You're kind of tweeting it out. And you're going, Kieran Tierney was supposed to be out till the end of the season. And he's now in training today. It was really interesting. Arteta said he'd been a beast on the training field, like desperate to come back. And I think I'm sure he had an eye on this game because it's probably the biggest game of the season so far. Tierney's availability in particular completely changes this Arsenal team. You know, mm. They've been playing Granite Jacker at left back. He's been doing the best he can, but it's, you know, he, he can't bomb up and down the left like Tierney. He can't deliver a cross like Tierney can. And there's not many left backs in, in Europe that can deliver a cross like Tierney can. This is massive. I don't know if they'll all play. I mean, he did say that Tierney's potentially a doubt for this week, but sounds like he might be available for next or even to come off the bench on Thursday. You know, that's four of your most important players. I mean, three, three key starters because it's probably only one of Aubameyang or Lacazette. Massive changes changes my view of the tie quite significantly. Jimmy, this what, is crazy. Well, what I wanted to say was that nobody tucks their shirt in like Tierney as well. So he <laughs> has that going for him. A proper old school player. He is proper old school, kind of got that grandpa vibe, but he goes out and does his business. And, and I like the fact that Arteta said he was a beast during training to get back into this. You can tell. He's a very good player, man. His eagerness. Yeah. I mean, he, he they used to call Tim Duncan in the NBA, the big fund, big fundamentals. And I feel like Tierney falls into that as well. He just, he's got all the fundamentals and he does everything simply and smart. And, and uh, you know, he doesn't crush it all the time. He's not a, a physical specimen by, by any stretch of the imagination, but he, he does know where to pick his spots. And I like his timing of when he bombs forward and, and he'll do the work, right? So, so yes, I think that does help a lot. We saw with, with Real Madrid, when you play a, a player that doesn't normally play a left back spot and put him there, doesn't always work out, right? The, the flow of the game changes. The team can't transition the same way. So without Tierney there, with all due respect to Granit Jock, who I think has been playing admirably in that spot, uh, he is not uh, Tierney. What's interesting for me with regard to this is who ends up starting. Because yes, these guys are coming back from injury, but it doesn't mean they're match fit. They're not, they're not sharp in the same way that they need to be. And obviously losing to Everton in the way that they did over the weekend, Burton Leno letting that pretty easy goal goes so Arsenal. Nothing more Arsenal than that. I just don't know how that's going to impact the team moving forward. There is two themes or one theme for both of these semifinals. Roma and Arsenal both need to win this competition to qualify for Europe. And that desperation changes things. Villarreal still hanging around in that sixth spot so they could qualify and should qualify for the Europa League next season. Though domestically, they haven't been great lately. But Villarreal are so good 
in the Europa League. They've won 11 out of 12 Europa League games so far. They're perfect at home. Six wins out of six. Yeah, perfect. So, Not undefeated. Perfect. Right. Yeah. Won, yeah, six out of six. So, so for me, a win... Not in the traditional sense, but a win for Arsenal would be to get an away goal, maybe to lose two to one and then go back to the Emirates and try to get something from that. That for me would be really monumental for them to get a goal. And I thought they were lights out. Arsenal were fantastic against Slavia Prague. And it's nice to see them, you know, knock out a few races. I think we were all very excited to see that and for them to do it in such style and such grace and and to really just pile it on. If we see that version of Arsenal, then... They've got more than a chance, not only to get that one goal, but to potentially win this first tie. I just think this Villarreal team is so professional. Uh, Gerard Moreno's on fire. Um, he's got, he'd be looking to score in his seventh straight Europa League game, which is unheard of. So Arsenal does have some work to do on both sides of the ball. And that, that does impact the bets because if Lacazette starts or if Aubameyang starts or whatever they go with tier I don't think Tierney's going to play, but, but whatever they do to cover that position, it, it, it influences things. So I'll give you guys some things to consider, but, but ultimately just keep that in mind that I think that starting lineup is going to impact uh, how you should shape your bets. And the match fitness is a key thing as well, because this is also Arteta saying, listen, they're available, but I didn't say they're going to play or they're going to play significant minutes. So that's one thing to consider. The other thing is you mentioned, you know, Villarreal, so a perfect at home. And, you know, let's talk about Unai Emery, James Bench, for a second, because he's taken Sevilla to three titles in the Europa League, too. Like, it's not it's not just Villarreal and it's not just Arsenal, you know, that went to the final, obviously didn't win it. But still, what do you think Arsenal fans are feeling these days uh, as they face their former manager? I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a, a tough about it. I mean, I guess I don't know. I think they I certainly think they do. I think um it was a frustrating period in Arsenal's history because I, I think there was a belief that that post Wenger, it was a bright new dawn. Um, and I mean, I think to an extent, Emery was just too much of a, a zag to the previous, you know, zig. He couldn't get messages across to the fans, to the media, to the players. And I think in the end, that became the issue. You know, when I spoke to people just after Emery left, they sort of said, you know, he spent all his time up in his office with his assistants trying to work out the right tactics to to turn this around. He was a really reactive manager. And I think that was just a culture shock for for, for Arsenal. And it was a culture shock for him coming into a club that, that it was like, no, we don't do reactive. We, we're a team that likes to play the same way every time and whoever the opposition is. It just yeah. wasn't a perfect fit. And, you know, there was some, you know, the communication was was poor. Um, I know it was led to some quite cruel jokes at his expense, which clearly since he's left, he's, he's kind of brushed aside. And I think that reflects the, the, the class of him, but he, he kind of could tell from day one, it was going to be a struggle for him to get his message across to the players. I do think that there's, you kind of have to admire his ability to get through this competition consistently. When he was with Arsenal, he beat some really good teams along the way, Valencia, Napoli. Um, I think it's fair to say that the road so far for Villarreal hasn't been that hard through the knockout stages. But I mean, you have to go back to 2012 for him losing a two-legged game. And that was, I think the only team he's lost two-legged games in the Europa League against was Atletico Madrid twice. You know, he he's a master of this competition. His teams play football that suits it. They tend to get away goals as well. He's not afraid to play with two up top. Um, I like him. He's, his press conference just now as well. I think there was a real enduring respect. He he offered to give Mikel Arteta his house, which is um, I, I, nice. I wouldn't 
I wouldn't really you want You mean permanently to... or just for the for the night or no, if like, you know, I, I I think Emery was like, well, look, I haven't got any need for this house in London anymore. Do you want to borrow it until you found a place? Oh, I don't think God, was, that's very nice of him. Yeah, it's cla- that's class and all. That's, you know, that's something the Cronkies could learn from. <laughs> class. Love it, love it. Uh, some really good points. All right, listen, before Jimmy gives us some betting tips, and a very good point, Jimmy. You know, we, we don't really know yet the overall makeup of the squad. However... I am willing to feel, well, from a Villarreal perspective, first of all, like you, you mentioned, uh, you know, Gerard Moreno, but they also have Dani Parejo in the midfield. They have one of the best Spanish center backs out there in, in Pau Torres as well. So who goes up front for Arsenal to me is key. And also the young guys have to deliver. Just like you said, the Slavia Prague performance was so good. Emil Smith-Rowe, the Kevin De Bruyne from Croydon, needs to have a game <laughs> of his life. Saka is amazing, but it can't just be him. I think Martinelli is key here. If he mm. plays, he needs to have a great game. What do you think? Um, bench, uh, bench, bench. Wait, wait, wait. Is, is Odegaard healthy? Yes. He, he played a little bit against Everton. I don't know if he'll be ready to start, but definitely ready for a yeah, bigger role. It makes role. a difference when he plays. So who's, who's, your, who's your front three then, uh, Benj? I mean, let's say Lacazette does get the start. Who's your next three? Because I always, I love the Odegaard, Smith Rowe, Saka. Yeah, I resum- think it's that. You do? But then you, maybe Martinelli or Aubameyang. I mean, you've got options. You've Pepe, got Pepe, Pepe, Pepe's been good in Europa League too. You don't I, think who do you who's your most likely to be your number nine? I think I think Aubameyang might get it just because wow. he's it's ill. It's that thing of like which is harder to come back from, illness or injury. I don't I don't know. I mean, Jimmy probably can speak to this easier than me. Although I don't think Jimmy, you've ever come back from malaria. Correct me if I'm no, wrong. No, no, no. <laughs> if I, I have, unfortunately. Um, I think chickenpox once. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think he goes Aubameyang because it, this might be a game where there needs to be a bit more counter counter okay. attack. Well, that changes everything. But I it still does, think it, it does. It does. Throw Erdegaard, Saka, probably. Okay. All right. So, Jimmy, what do you think of that? So, so something to take into consideration that Arsenal are currently unbeaten, seven seven game unbeaten streak away from home, and they've scored at least three goals in the last four on the road. I'm taking that into consideration, and that is with uh, different types of lineups. <clears throat> so I think Arsenal are going to get a goal. I think Villarreal are going to win, though. I can't believe on William Hill, you can get Villarreal to win straight up plus 150. These guys have won six out of six at home in the Europa League. And yes, some of the opponents aren't of the quality of Arsenal. That said, they, they just know how to get it done, and, and their league form hasn't been good. They, they have, they've been kind of stumbling a little bit, but I think that's because their focus is on this competition in particular. I still think they're going to secure that, that number six spot in La Liga and get into the Europa League next year, but, or maybe even the Champions League if they win this competition. I like that straight-up bet. If you just want to play it there, put that in a parlay, I think Villarreal will do it, but Arsenal will score that away goal, and that will make that second, second leg very tricky. I would also look at, if you think both teams are going to score and Villarreal to win, that's plus 360, so that, that value jumps up quite a bit. And then if you want to throw Gerard Moreno in there, him to score any time is plus 105 or minus 105. So he's pretty much even money to, to hit the back of the net. That would be seven straight games. Maybe it won't be him this time around. Maybe there'll be so much attention on Moreno that'll open up space for Carlos Baca or, or, or Paco Alcacer if he comes off the bench or, or Chukwesi, who's a, a terrific player. And he scored against Barcelona uh, this past weekend in their 3-1 loss. So yeah, there's options there. I just think that Villarreal just have a little bit better of an identity and, and everybody healthy and ready to go in this one. Whereas Arsenal, I think are hoping are hoping, right? We get into that 
can you get it done versus hoping you can get it done? And I still feel like Arsenal are in that hope department. But I, that said, like I said at the very beginning, desperation, knowing that you need to win these games to get into Europe the following season, it does change how you approach it. And, and you start to have that, that, that swagger of, we got nothing to lose. Let's just go out there and give our best. When Arsenal's thinking in that way, like we saw against Slavia Prague in the second leg, they are excellent, excellent team. But and in if the you, FA Cup. That too. If Villarreal, if Villarreal can score, if Villarreal scores first, that makes me a little bit nervous, Bench, for, for Arsenal. Because I could see them being like, all right, let's just keep this tight. Let's not give up any more goals. Let's just send this to the second leg. But if Arsenal can score first, it'd be really, really interesting. So this is a great game. I'm looking forward to it. I do hope. I'm kind of pulling for Une Emery to get a one-up on his on his former club. But uh, the, So those are the lines I'm looking at. There's a lot of intriguing ones for you guys to, to, to consider on William Hill. Well, the only thing that I'll say is that Arsenal don't need to win this. They just need to score this and keep the score minimal. So if it's a 2-1 loss, if Villarreal wins this 2-1, that, I think that's fine for Arsenal, to be perfectly honest. So that, and that's what I'm going with. I think Villarreal is going to win this 2-1. But Arsenal will get that key away goal, I think. James Bench, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I was with you. I was torn between 2-1 and one all. Uh, I'm sure there's a little bit of Arsenal optimism in me that, that's going for that one all result. But yeah, the, the only thing I feel confident in is that both teams will score. Um, and I think, you know, just what Jimmy was saying, this Arsenal team, it may not be in the first leg, but it may be in the second. When they really need to, when it's do or bust, they tend to do. You know, the FA Cup, they beat Man City and Chelsea because they needed to get in. They needed it. They need to get into Europe. Yeah, um, It's going to be the same here. I'm probably going one all. I think they're a better team than they and the circumstances they foist upon themselves. And maybe they just start paying attention now in a way they haven't really in the Premier League. Well, one all would be fantastic. Uh, for that's that's the heavy, that's the heavy correct score, uh, score line. Jaw 1-1 one, one is plus 490. Then it jumps up What do up you to have? That. I'm going to go 2-1 via Real. I'm going to show some respect to Une Emery and their perfect home record uh, throughout this. And, and I think they're going to make enough plays. I could see a 1-0, frankly. You know, I could see it just being a one goal affair. And I've just been really impressed with Unai Emery and his team throughout this competition. And so I'm going to show some respect to 11 wins and, and one draw through 12 games. Yep. Well, that's where I'm going as well. Well, listen, you know, you have plenty of information, everybody to go whatever way, either way, we're all saying that there's going to be goals. Two out of three here are saying that there'll be goals from both sides. So we'll see what happens in that first leg. All right. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, another game, Manchester United against Roma. We'll be right back. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. 
and it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Kego Lasso Europa League semifinal preview. Let's talk Manchester United against Roma. Jimmy Conrad, let's begin with you. What say you about this one? Okay, I'm going to do some like Man United stats and then some Roma stats. I'm going to do some compare and contrast and you guys can decide where, where you want to go with it in terms of the narrative. United, United have played in five semifinals since the start of 2020. Wow. And they, haven't, they haven't made it to one final. Wow, so, again. <laughs> so they, they do an excellent job of getting them, themselves into these spots, but have yet to make it to one final. Will Bruno Fernandez, who got signed in January of 2020, finally help them get to the final, get to the finish line, and then we'll see if they can cross it first. Now let's go to Roma. Roma have only won one out of their last seven league games. And why that's significant is because, very similar to Arsenal, it doesn't look like they're going to finish in the top six. They're not even going to qualify for Europe. Very similar to Arsenal, obviously. And so they need to win this competition. So that gives them that air of desperation and nothing to lose against a team that they're not the favorites. They're definitely the underdogs in this one. Now, for Manchester United, this is their second consecutive semifinal in the Europa League. Last year, they got dumped out by Sevilla. And since they got dumped out of the Champions League group stages, which they shouldn't have after losing to Istanbul, Bashakshir, don't want to get into it. I mean, how do you give a breakaway to Demba Ba? This is like, okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. I, they beat Real Sociedad. They had a tough draw. Real Sociedad, 4-0 over two legs. They took down AC Milan. And then they had a, a, pl- a plucky Granada team that they also beat 4-0. So they've actually been very good in this competition. However, let's go to let's go back to Roma. Uh, they, they let's talk, Ed and Dzeko in particular. Uh, they've won just one out of their last eight matches. And they're going to need Ed and Dzeko to, to get out of his slump. He currently has, hasn't found the net in any of his last 12 Serie A appearances. That's the worst form he's been in in 13 years. But during his time with City, the, the club he scored the most against uh, was Manchester United. Of course. In, in the Premier League. Uh, on the flip side, Edinson Cavani, by the way, and I love this stat, has nine career goals against Roma, making him his favorite Italian team to score against. Then you have Chris Smalling and Henrik Mkhitaryan. They're going to be both be healthy for this one, coming back to face their former club at Old Trafford. Um, and then you have that uh, United are also unbeaten their last 17 home games in the Europa League, winning 13 and drawing four. Uh, and then Roma have only won one of their 17 previous European fixtures in England, losing 10 of those games, including three at Old Trafford. And that's what I got for you. (laughs) No, that is fantastic stuff. Listen, um, James, I have Manchester United win this whole thing. Okay. Um, I I just purely think that, especially in the Europa League, depth is very important. You're reaching the 77th minute, the 78th minute. You need those extra numbers that come on the pitch that are not just like fresh, but also just as good as what you just replaced with. And that's what Manchester United has. You have your Mason Greenwoods. Donny van de Beek is no joke. He can give you something even in the latter stages. So that's why I have them. And then the other thing um, is that Roma lost to Cagliari this past weekend. It, it was an unbelievable loss, honestly. Jimmy was texting me straight after. like In a must-win game. In a must-win in game. In a must-win game. An absolute beep show, honestly. Actually, it was a shit show. I, I don't even have to not say it. 
So, James, what do you see from this? Is it done and dusted for Manchester United? Will be? Will it be harder yes. than we think? No, it Are won't be harder. <laughs> can we move on? Um, one interesting little stat. <laughs> can we move on? <laughs> on Roma. Fun. <laughs> Fun if we, if we moved on, we're done with the pot. So yeah, well, there we go. Um, fun stats on Roma here. Most errors leading to shots in Serie A this season. Most errors leading to goals. Their high line is the sort you might describe as, on occasion, suicidal. Um, <laughs> it is certainly high. It, I mean, high reward, but very high risk, particularly yep. when the players looking to get in behind you are Marcus Rashford. Mason Greenwood, maybe someone like Dan James comes in for this reason. Um, I, I think it might, might not be a perfect game for Cavani, actually, as good as he's been. But, you know, and Fonseca was saying this, I think, in an interview with Gab Marcotti, he was saying, you know, we bring these errors on ourselves. Um, it is a really risky strategy they they play here. It is exactly the sort that Man United playing. You know, Man United are quite average when it comes to breaking down low-block teams, they're, you know, they, they don't have a game plan. They just have give it to Fernandez and Pogba. And actually sometimes that works. But against, you know, against teams that breast them high, they are so good at cutting through the lines. Really yeah, they are. Exploiting space with the pace they've got up front. Um, so what, what you need to do if you're defending high is you need to be perfect. You need to press really aggressively. You need to force errors from Lindelof and um, from Maguire. It looks like the evidence, you know, of Roma's season is that they're uh, they're not perfect on their high line yet that Fonseca wants them to use. He said he won't change that. Um, another fun thing to leave this on, they aren't actually, they're top in Serie A in both categories. Can you guess which team is ahead of them in terms of errors leading to shots and level with them on errors leading to goals? Juventus. Yeah, I'd say Juve. Juventus. In, in the Europa League. Oh, Europa, oh, Europa League. League. Arsenal. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> That's a great stat, though. That's a great stat. And I think the most important fact here is that Manchester United are very good when they're being pressed because they just counter so quick. I just thought Rama just you said it, man. You said everything. They're suicidal. And then from the stats that Jimmy just gave, I just don't see anything but a Manchester United win. I'm actually really surprised that they beat out Ajax, to be perfectly honest, to be in this situation. Oh, 100 percent. So Man United, Man United should feel lucky they're not playing against Ajax because Ajax, for me, are a better team in yeah. almost every single category. But Roma still found a way to get through. And that quality is an intangible that's hard to put your finger on. That's hard to teach. That's just something kind of your disbelief that your team has. That said, Ajax, the, the third string goalkeeper, didn't do them any favors in leg one. And Dusan Tadic missing a penalty obviously didn't help either. So that 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 tie could have been drastically different. And Man United's got to feel pretty good that they drew Granada in the last round and now get a Roma team that's kind of on the ropes and, and a little unsure of themselves and playing the suicidal high line, which plays well in their hands. So it's They do face Liverpool this weekend, Jimmy, though. Does they that do. change anything? Does that change anything? Not no, I don't think it does. It's that game's more for Liverpool, I think, than than Manchester United. But obviously that's a derby that kind of is outside of any league stuff, right? You always want to win that one no matter what. Yeah. So, so I don't know. I, I, it does, it should make a little bit of a difference. I'm curious to see who he starts, but they really want to have to put their stamp uh, on this. And, and I feel like they've been fortunate to, at least against Sociedad and Granada, the two La Liga teams, they played away from home first leg and they got good results there because they're tremendous away from home. And then against AC Milan, they struggled in that first leg. So maybe Roma can do the same and really kind of, 
you know, maybe punch them. You get that first goal or get something to put some, uh, put them under pressure because they're expected to win. Man United don't always do so well when they're expected to win. And uh, I don't know. So for me, this is what I'm looking at. Bruno Fernandez. He's uh, amazing in this competition. So he's played 30 Europa League games for Manchester United and Sporting Club de Portugal. And in those 30 games, he's got 17 goals and 11 assists. So I'm looking at him to score anytime as an option, plus 110, because he takes all the penalties uh, and they get a lot of penalties. I'm looking at him to potentially get an assist as well, plus 150, because he takes all the set pieces. I like Cavani getting over one shot on target. So he's got a two or more plus 150, because I think he is going to get a lot of action and just got to put two on frame, baby. Let's do it. And then United. To, so this is where I'm a little bit where I want to get you guys' insight. Do you think Roma can score? When I look back at their track record over the last two months, let's say it's about 15 games, 14 or 15 games. They've only not scored twice. It was against Genoa and Napoli. So they know how to find the back of the net and they, they have a lot of different guys that can do it. I just curious if you guys think they can do it this time around. Uh, so if you want United to win with a clean sheet, that's plus 150. If you want United to win in both teams to score plus 225. What I do know for sure is I think United are going to win this game. Yeah, I agree. All right. Well, James, give me your score prediction and and any final thoughts, uh, you know, before I give mine. I, I, I'm pretty, I mean, we all know Man United is winning this first leg. Yeah, definitely. Jimmy's got me a bit doubtful over whether Roma might score. And you think there's some good players there. Someone like Mkhitaryan is going to have a real bee in his bonnet to play well uh, against the, the team that so mistreated him. Um <laughs> Basically ruined his career, didn't they? <laughs> um, I, thought, I thought Arsenal ruined his career. Oh well, no, Arsenal's just where you come when your career's already ruined. <laughs> well played. All right. Well, for, what do you have then? I went for I went for one nil when we when we did our predictions for the site. So I, I may as well stick to that. Is that or two one? I do think United are winning this. Yeah, I went for two nothing Manchester United. I don't see Rama doing anything here. Uh, it's Manchester United just going to be really up for this. And I think, to be honest with you, equally just like you said, Jimmy, Arsenal need the Europa League trophy. Manchester United don't need to win this, but it would be certainly very nice for finally the Red Devils to get like a European trophy, don't you think? Yeah, it would be great for Ole Gunnar in particular. Obviously, we've given him a hard time <laughs> over the last you know, year. Well, really of, so. Is he good? Is he bad? Is he good? Is he bad? Nobody knows. And, and so this would help solidify that he maybe deserves a little bit more credit than we give him. Uh, so I think United will win 2-1. I'm going to give that one goal to Roma, not because I quietly support them uh, in, in Serie A, but, but also because... <laughs> yeah, okay, all right. All right, Ben, that's enough from you. But I would say that that... They do have that, they have something to them that they always just kind of hang around. And I think they're going to have enough to hang around in, in for leg two. And they did it against Ajax, surprisingly, somehow got past Ajax. Well, so and then Jekko used that too, right? So Jekko, if he starts, they might go with Borja Mayoral, who actually has been better than Jekko, a little bit shiftier, does a little bit more things in the box. Jekko has slowed down. But if you're going to feel like your numerical advantages are out wide, you're going to whip a lot of balls in. Then, then Jekko's probably a better target for you than, than my role. Well, you clearly, too, you clearly get better odds with a Roma goal, right? Yeah, you do. You do for sure. Okay, so. Um, so if you get a Roma goal and Man United win, it's plus 250, I think I said. If you want to do the parlay, I'm going to go with both home teams to win in this one, Man United and Villarreal. Both of them to win in a parlay is plus 288. So I'm looking at that as well. But James is going to ruin it for us again, Jimmy. He always not can't go against his arsenal. <laughs> do it. <laughs> okay. 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 Wait. So long. You guys said the draw. So Man United to win and Arsenal via Real draw is plus three ninety six. 
Okay, that's sexy and everything, but it's not that's walking around money. <laughs> <laughs> walking around. Listen, no, we're not falling for this again. Yeah, Real is winning and Manchester United is winning. Okay, I'm going with that too. Okay, good. All right, fine. Any final thoughts, James Bench? Oh, no. <laughs> that's it. That's all he yeah, has. Always a pleasure, my friend. Jimmy Conrad. I want to see if Tierney plays because I want to see him somehow miraculously come back, have his shirt tucked in and do some damage against Villarreal just to get a goal. And then Villarreal, of course, wins because I don't want to ruin my parlay. Yeah, absolutely. Big fan of Kieran Tierney. All right. Well, that's it. James Bench. Thank you very much, brother. My pleasure. Jimmy C, always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Thank you for listening, everybody. Hey, everybody. I want to thank Jimmy Conrad and James Bench for joining me today. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Pod. Listen to us. Follow us on Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star rating and review. It really helps us to grow the show. We're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. We're on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Lasso, And of course, cbssports.com, Google Podcasts as well. Please follow us and keep supporting us. Thank you so much. Have a great, great day.